And we are live. This is Wrap It Up Podcast, Raps on Blast Potes Game Show. And this edition of the Wrap It Up Podcast is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 21, sorry, wow, 2013 Danforth Avenue in Toronto. Clean Cuts Barbershop, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. Go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833. Book your appointments now. Toronto Raptors, big win, big win. Thanks to the people that are tuning in, as you always do, live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Click the link, hit the box there, and you can get in to the chat group and you can see questions, comments, concerns. We'll discuss, Raptors fans, everything that just went down with that big win on the second night of a back-to-back. Same thing goes for Instagram. Shout out to the people that join in on Instagram as well. Taking your comments and concerns. People are fired up. First comment I see just says, ball movement in all capital letters. Yep, that was pretty much the theme. Great win by the Toronto Raptors. And again, you know, this is a Wrap It Up podcast. We do this live, but it becomes a podcast which ends up on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that fun stuff. Just search On Blast Podcast and you will find all the great Raptors talk that we're all loving so far, right? Because it's a big win. Big shout out to the YouTube peoples. Shout out to all the people. One thing I never said actually about, you know, I guess as I wrap up my holiday, I'm going back to work tomorrow for the first time, been off for a bit, but it was really great during the break to bounce into a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a long time, people that I wouldn't even think would be into ball so much, but they're seeing the podcast, they enjoy the podcast, they like hearing from all of you as well as, you know, this is about Raptors fans, right? And so everybody is hype about this team, and so it's cool to like integrate that into the podcast and really get a sense of what the people are thinking. So people are liking the pod, people are liking all the comments from the fans, how it's interactive, and so you know, just try to keep that flow continuing as the Raptors hopefully continue to win games because they did that tonight. Again, big win, 121-105 beatdown of the Indiana Pacers. And here's the thing, Raptors fans. Last night, the Raptors go into Milwaukee, hostile environment, and end their five-game winning streak, okay? Bucks were on a roll. Bucks were blowing out teams. I think they were winning games by as an average of 19.5 points per game. Raptors don't care. They go in, take care of business in Milwaukee. While they're taking care of business in Milwaukee, the Pacers are already in Toronto chilling. Raptors come back. Pacers are on a six-game win streak of their own. And you know what? The Raptors end that winning streak as well. A great performance by the Toronto Raptors. And to highlight the first comments from Instagram, it was ball movement. That's what we've seen the past few nights. We talked about the Danny Green comments after the loss to the Spurs and then how much we saw that narrative change last night against the Bucs. Well, if there was one problem from the Bucs game, it was the bench. We know because Nick Nurse told us, Nick Nurse told the media that he said the bench guys spoke amongst themselves after last night's stinker and said they had to step up, right? Bench guys spoke to each other. They went one for 15 for five points last night. Well, one of those bench guys' name is Norman Powell. Norman Powell alone scored 23 points himself, right? 
23 points from Norm. The bench completely just flipped everything, flipped the script from last night. You got 23 points from Norm. You got 11 points from Monroe, 10 points from DeLon Wright. It was just a, a great, solid flip of the switch from the bench mob. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be calling them that yet, but they're, they're, we're starting to see them get back to form, right? And that's cool. So a solid performance from the bench. That was great to see, especially at home where we know bench players traditionally traditionally play better. But also on the second night of a back-to-back, when you know your starters gave you so much in Milwaukee, it was going to be important for the bench to step up and play. With that said, the starters didn't look tired, right? Starters obviously got a boost because your, your man's Kyle Lowry was back in the lineup. Kyle Lowry returned after missing, what, 10 of the last 11 games? Yeah, Kyle Lowry finally made his way back into the lineup, but Kawhi Leonard, who was supposed to play on the second night of a back-to-back, or at least that's what most of the talk was. We were anticipating the return of, or we are anticipating Kawhi Leonard playing for, for the first time on the second night of a back-to-back. But after a heavy, heavy workload last night in Milwaukee, it's understandable that he didn't play. I mean, we wanted to see that because I think we want to put that narrative to rest, right? As an organization, as a fan base, you kind of want to put that narrative of, oh, well, is Kawhi playing on the second night of back-to-backs? You want to see the end of that. So I could see why fans were excited that Kawhi might have played tonight. But at the same time, I'm okay with it. Because, like, again, I saw someone who I'm not going to mention who it was, but someone within the media was complaining, making a stink about uh, the Raptors coddling Kawhi Leonard. And it's like, can you name... The Raptors are, are what? They have a pretty good record without Kawhi. But also, can you even name those games? Like off the top of your head, do you even remember any of those games? My point is, it doesn't matter. Because what matters is the playoffs. And so... If you're going to be extra cautious just to make sure that Kawhi Leonard is okay heading into the playoffs, and if that means not playing him on back-to-backs, I'm okay with that. And if you're mad that the team said, oh, well, we assume he's going to play before yesterday's game, how can you be mad at that now if you watched the Bucks game? You watched the Bucks game and saw the heavy minutes that all of the starters played. You have to be able to understand the fact that they reserve the right to change their mind and decide, hey, let's hold him out against the Pacers. Plus, if Kyle Lowry's okay, which he was, and he came back and played great, what's the problem? I have no issue with Kawhi Leonard sitting out still because, again, all that matters is the playoffs. That's it. Kawhi Leonard is a hired gun for one year, and for one year, that means the only thing that matters is the playoffs. I know that we're talking about, we're going to be talking about seeding, and seeding is going to be super important, and it might come down between one or two games, depending on, you know, home court advantage or whatever. But regardless of where you stand in the, in the standings, you need Kawhi Leonard in your lineup. And so if that means holding him out on second and back-to-backs, cool. I don't really care. And plus, the other part of this that is so important, the other guys on the Raptors, there's been moments where Fred struggled. There's been moments when Norm struggled, or Norm's not in the lineup, or DeLon struggled. When Kawhi Leonard is not in the lineup, that gives other guys an opportunity to step up and play great and have more of a featured role in the offense, right? So 
you're almost killing two birds with one stone with this whole Kawhi Leonard sitting out on the second night of back-to-backs. You're getting guys like Norm the opportunity to get shots to where he's getting 23 points in the game. Does that happen if Kawhi Leonard's in the, in the lineup? No. And you know that you're going to need these bench guys. You're going to need to figure out who your eight guys are that you can trust. And if Norman Powell is working his way to being in that part of the rotation where it's crunch time in the playoffs and you need to know who your guys are, hey, all these games where Kawhi isn't playing, that helps so much to know that, hey, you can give Norm the ball and Norm is playing back to, I guess, a great level that we saw Norman Powell play before last season, before the the GoDaddy curse, right? (laughs) But anyways, back to tonight's game. Because again, with no Kawhi Leonard, second night of a back-to-back, you need other players to step up. You had eight players in double digits scoring. That's great production from your entire team. 30 assists, that's great production from your entire team in terms of ball movement, sharing the ball. We got a chance to see that ever-popular Kyle Lowry leak-out pass to Pascal Siakam. Kind of missed that, right? Over the last the 10 games Kyle missed, right? Uh, someone brings up in the chat, it helps and hurts the chemistry. That's true. Like, I understand that, right? It's a constant shuffling of the lineup in and out, and, which is true, right? There's going to be some point, which you hope is leading up to the end of the season, where you have your full team intact, you can hammer down and know what your rotation is heading into the playoffs. Definitely. But we're only in January, not even at the All-Star break yet. Some might even say the season just just started, right? There's time to sort that stuff out. Getting your team, getting you through the reps, getting Fred Van Fleet to play at the level that we've seen Freddie play the past few games, right? Seeing what you have from Norm, seeing what you have from OG, seeing what you have from those guys, and above all, making sure that Kyle and Kawhi are healthy for the playoffs. Because with those two guys, if those two guys are healthy, the Raptors are going to the finals, right? That's the most important thing. Plus, add in the fact that Kyle Lowry now, with this back injury, you saw Kyle Lowry back in the game, and it, it was funny, right? Because Kyle Lowry checks back in, starts a game, and the, the first things you see from Kyle Lowry is he hits a three in rhythm. Great shot. It's a great look. Raptors fans know when you see that shot go in by Kyle Lowry, he's on, right? Early in the game, Kyle Lowry takes a charge. Early in the game, Kyle Lowry gets an and one in the lane. Like, seeing those things, it's just a reminder of all the different aspects of his game and how he can affect this team in a positive nature, right? But it's a pace of play that Kyle Lowry plays with. Having him and Fred on the floor at the same time, you're having people who are creators, people who can get in the lane, who can pass the ball, who can continue the ball movement, and it becomes infectious. And what was one of the benefits from seeing that ball movement? Danny Green. Danny Green hit five threes in this game. Danny Green was five of eight from three, 15 points in the game. And we talked about it a lot when the offense was struggling and the ball movement wasn't there. It becomes a lot harder for Danny Green offensively with the shot to impact the game. Because Danny Green's not the player that's going to beat you off the dribble, right? He's not the guy who's really going to create his own shot. Can he do that? Yes. But you're not going to see it that often. So when you have the ball movement, you have guys getting into the lane. Both Kyle and Fred each had eight assists in this game. But Danny Green 
just spotting up, knocking down threes. That's when he is super effective. That is when, if if you have that with the Raptors, you have that with this team, it's going to be tough to stop. 17 threes made by the Raptors. They shot 51% from three-point land in this game. It's incredible. But again, it's a testament to the ball movement, to the commitment from the team to move the ball. Because that's so important. You notice such a difference with the Raptors' offense when the ball is, is humming, when the ball is being passed around, when dudes are passing up good shots for great shots. It makes such a difference with how smoothly the offense runs. And it's crazy. Second half of back-to-back, they blow out the Pacers. We're on a good run. Pacers are a solid team. The Raptors, if you think about it, a great four-game run for the Raptors, right? You're talking about games against Utah, games against the Spurs. Utah, Spurs in uh, Milwaukee and back at home, second night of back-to-back against the Pacers. Raptors come out of that four-game run, three and one, the only loss being in in, uh, San Antonio. Now, it was a bad loss, but maybe it was a kick in the ass that teams need every once in a while, right? You get in that lull, and as Danny Green talked about, the sense of urgency was kind of gone, right? Because it kind of became a built-in excuse. Oh, well, Kyle's still out. Oh, well, this person's still out. Oh, well, Kawhi's not playing in this game. And it's kind of like, no, no, no. Still got to remain sharp. We still got to do the things that make the team successful. Playing defense, ball movement. I mean, there's there's less than a handful of teams that can beat the Raptors when they're doing that. That's just real spit. That's just my opinion. Lots of comments here in the chat, so I'll try to go through here on Instagram. Uh, Let's see. Someone says, good to see Kyle Lowry back. I mean, he's a guy, right? I've, I've said, Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the team. There's no doubt. But the most important player on the team in terms of where this team can go is Kyle Lowry. And that's just because of what he adds to the team and the, and the charges. And he gives them that, like, toughness angle, right? He gives them, he comes out and he sets the pace. We know you can toss it to Kawhi and he can get buckets whenever. We know Kawhi can play lockdown defense. But Kyle Lowry is the one that gets Siakam going. Kyle Lowry is the one that gets Serge Ibaka going. Serge Ibaka had himself a great game. We were worried probably about Serge on the second night of a back-to-back, right? Well, Serge came out and Serge was just on a mission. Serge put in work in this game. Let's go and, and, and see Serge's line here. 18 points, six rebounds, two blocks, seven of nine shooting. We saw Serge step out two of two from three-point land. Serge was just ready tonight. Serge was on one. You were worried maybe Serge on the second end back-to-back might not have his legs? Worry no more. Baca was doing work. Another great game from Siakam. 12 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Siakam, another solid outing. And it was just a great team effort from the Toronto Raptors. All your starters in double digits, plus three players off the bench in double digits. That's just all-around great teamwork by the Toronto Raptors. Let me get to some comments here on Twitter. Uh, Someone says, Thank God Norman has taken CJ's minutes. Hey, we talked about this on this podcast and we said CJ CJ struggling, but hopefully Norm can come back and take his minutes. And CJ struggling isn't even going to matter, right? Like at the end of the day, and now CJ, it, it's not a factor. It doesn't matter at all. And Norman Powell has looked great. He really has. 
He's conf he's never lacked confidence, right? He's never lacked confidence. Maybe his thing was he needed to rein it in a little more. And I think it's Leo that always brings it up on the broadcast. Maybe it's my guy, Sherm. Shout out to Sherman Hamilton. One of my dudes. But shout out to Sherm. I think it was Sherm that brought this up in terms of Norm being out early in the season. It might have given him a chance to just sort of sit and watch. Right? And just take it all in. Because when you watch Norm now, for the most part, he's so much more under control. He's so much more settled. He's not rushing. He's letting the game come to him, and everything just looks pretty easy. He's taking what the defense gives him. He's not just jacking up a three just because. He's more reacting to what the defense is doing. And so if the guy's flying out at him, he's up faking under and then driving to the basket. He's not just barreling to the basket either, right? Where we'd see that and where, you know, sometimes I think Siakam does too much, where you're just barreling to the basket out of control, maybe hoping that you get a foul. Norm looks like he's driving and he's in control. So even when he jumps into contact, he's strong enough that he's still in control to make the layup. If Norman Powell is playing at that level, imagine what happens when everyone's healthy and Fred goes back to the bench. And now you're talking about Fred, DeLon, OG, Norm, and whichever big between JV and Surge. That's a bench right there, right? That's a bench right there. And how many games have we seen all of those guys play together this season? Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but if they have even played together, it's less than five. I don't know. It's, it's just a thing where sometimes we lose perspective. And don't get me wrong. I was one of those people that after that game in San Antonio, I was kind of just like, what? Like, it was weird to me, the no-show that the Raptors had. It wasn't like they were missing shots. It wasn't like that. It was just like the effort level, like the, the wanted level wasn't there. Uh, let's see, more comments. Someone says, hashtag, are you not entertained? Yeah, I'm, I'm very entertained. Watching the offense like that, it's incredible. The ball keeps moving. It's fun. Everyone's involved. You know, it's good to see Kyle Lowry back in the lineup, right? Because all the other Kyle Lowry stuff, <laughs> right? I said, I don't even, like, I don't care about it. It doesn't matter to me as long as he's on the court and playing. And it's, it's, you're almost pacing yourself with Kyle Lowry now because you know the back is going to be something that flares up again throughout the year. And it's tough because you're watching them take charges and you're thinking, oh, like, careful, Kyle, careful. But that's just how he plays, right? He only knows one speed. He only knows one way to play. He's going to stand in there and take charges against the other team's center. That's just what Kyle Lowry does. It, it's great to see him back on the court. And now you're just waiting to see him and Kawhi play together, right? Because it seems weird now to think about it, but... Kyle and Kawhi haven't played together since December 9th. It's January 6th. That's basically a month <laughs> that your two best players haven't played on the floor together. That's weird, right? But on top of that, you just got through maybe the toughest part of your schedule. Schedule eases up. There's a lot more days off in the second half, second part of the season. And just in terms of the teams you're playing, right? So you dealt Injuries during the same time you're dealing with the, the most difficult part of the schedule, and you look up, and the Raptors are in first place in the Eastern Conference, right? You look up, and the Raptors' record is what, 30 and 12? You'll take that. 
more comments here. Great game. This back-to-back win says it says a lot about why this is a playoff contending team. Totally agree. Another comment on Twitter. Every time I see Kyle taking charges, I worry. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I worry as well, but it's it's just how he plays. And again, if there is a bright spot about the injuries and what's going on is Freddie and DeLon and even Norm, it's given those guys opportunities to get major reps so that if something does happen, it's not it's not the end of the world. Those guys are ready. We know that one of those guys can like step in and fill the void at least a bit, at least a bit, right? Uh, let's see, who cares? I think people only care about that narrative when you care too much about what the rest of the NBA thinks about us. Uh, I'm not sure what that was in relation to, probably something I was saying earlier. My apologies to whoever said that. Be well season, my bad. Um, someone else says, you still worried about Kyle? I think that might be BJ. I think that's BJ. You still worried about Kyle? Yes, I'm going to be worried about Kyle for the whole season in terms of his back and just the way that he plays. And I'm going to be worried about Kyle for the whole season in terms of injuries, for sure. Because that's just the nature of what happens. And so, again, I hope that Kawhi comes back and now Kawhi's done with resting on the second night of back-to-backs. And now we move that over to Kyle resting on the second night of back-to-backs. That has to be the most important thing for the Raptors in the second half of the season is making sure that Kyle Lowry is healthy. So if it's me, second night of back-to-backs, games when you're playing against like the Atlanta Hawks or the Knicks, like those tanking teams that have like Zion Williamson in their dreams, I'm resting Kyle Lowry in those games. Because you need Kyle Lowry in the playoffs if you really have championship aspirations. Uh, another thing here, we talked about this a bit on last night's podcast, but what do you think about the Raptors trying to get Beal? What's the price? Are we willing to pay? Now, this rumor's been floating around, and I don't know how much, you know, how much credence to give to it, just because it's not coming from, like, the Woj or Shams or, you know what I mean? It's not coming from your, like, top-tier NBA beat guys. So there is stories out there that Indiana, or not Indiana, Washington wanted OG and Pascal and Picks, and the Raptors said no. Who knows if that's real or not, but obviously the Raptors would say no. I don't think the Raptors are giving up Pascal Siakam for anyone not named like <laughs> Durant, LeBron, Kurt. Like my point is they're not giving up Pascal Siakam. Like I don't see that being a thing. Um, I don't know. The story's out there that the, that the Wizards for Bradley Beal would want um, a package that includes two players and picks. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, getting Bradley Beal would be great, a, a great addition to the to the Raptors, obviously. I'd be willing to give up OG Ananobi and DeLon in picks. I would, th- I would seriously think about that. But the other issue here is that the Raptors don't have their pick this season. They traded that in the DeMar deal. So if I'm Washington, am I really going to take picks down the road? Like if I'm Washington, I want to, I'm tanking. So I want to load up on picks in this draft, right? So I don't know. There's a lot there. It's interesting. But I, if I'm Masai, and you, you got to know that the rumors always been that Masai is super high on OG and Adobe and Pascal. He's not getting, he's not giving up Pascal Siakam. 
OG, I feel like it would have to be, like, if he didn't give up OG to get Kawhi Leonard, I highly doubt he'd be giving up OG to get Bradley Beal. Just my opinion. But hey, would I give up OG and an OB to get Bradley Beal? Yes. It depends on what else I'd have to give up. But that's just me. Because you got to think, if you figured out a way to get Bradley Beal on this team with Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry and Siakam, you're definitely going to the NBA Finals. And you're giving the Golden State Warriors a go. That's not gas. That's not hyperbole. But again, I don't even know how much credence we give to these Bradley Beal rumors. I don't really, I'm not buying into it. There are certain guys in the NBA that follow the NBA that, you know, when they say it, okay, I'll be paying attention to it. And we're not there yet. So I'm not adding any, I don't want to add too much credence to that rumor. But we'll see where things go. And the NBA is going to get crazy with the Anthony Davis talk and all that as the trade deadline draws near. But this Raptors team, again, if healthy, I think they're making the finals. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, another comment says, sure don't want anyone to get traded. Valid point. Oh, sorry. Unless they're okay with taking CJ Miles. <laughs> Everyone's on CJ Miles. It's so funny. Uh, would like to see the Raptors trade for Noah Vonley. Guy played great defense on Giannis this year. Noah Vonley. That's interesting. Uh, that DeLon Wright steal was hilarious slash unexpected. Yeah, DeLon Wright... I think DeLon Wright has played well this season. Am I the only one? I know that the numbers might not always be there, but I like his role in terms of being a bench guy. When you come off the bench, you're supposed to give energy. And, De and DeLon Wright does that night in, night out. The shots might not always be falling, but he's always active. And he always plays solid defense. He's a long wing. He can guard three positions. I think DeLon's had a pretty all right season. And when we finally do get to see whatever this year's bench mob is i think things will be cool i think things will be fine uh let's see more comments here on instagram because i see that there's a lot in there um someone asked why is everyone so high on boucher he makes shots in garbage time where there's little defensive effort not to mention little to no pressure to making them this is an interesting point because there's always a lot of talk about Chris Boucher and what Chris Boucher, should he be getting more minutes? Should he be taking some of Monroe? I just, I'm okay with the minutes that Boucher's getting. Do you want to see what you have with them? Of course. But part of his development, right? If you think about what the Raptors have done with Pascal Siakam, what they've done with DeLon Wright, what they've done with Fred Van Fleet, I'm going to trust what this Raptors organization is going to do with Chris Boucher and not put too much on him too soon, right? Because if you go back to even last year, I remember I was one of the people saying, hey, uh, Siakam should be taking all of Serge's minutes last year. But you know what? Maybe Siakam wasn't ready last year to take all of Serge's minutes. Maybe he needed that extra cooking in the summer to come out and be the, the spicy pea we're seeing now, right? He wasn't ready yet. Actually saw Nick Nurse on... Uh, I know you guys watched it already. I was late on it. It was the Danny Green podcast. And Nick Nurse was talking about Pascal Siakam and if he saw this coming. And Nick Nurse said he knew that there was going to be a leap made by Siakam. He knew he was going to make the leap. But he didn't think it was going to come until January or February. He didn't know that it would come that quickly. Right? So 
I trust in Nick Nurse, Masai, and what they're doing with Boucher. Giving him minutes at the end of the game, that's, it's, there's so much more to the NBA than what's going on on the court. And so getting him acclimated to just traveling with the team, right? Like that's kind of the first step. Getting him traveling with the team, giving him a year to learn underneath, you know, some of the vets, whether it's Serge, whether it's Greg Monroe, who's a great vet. And also, I'm good with Greg Monroe's minutes. The minutes that Monroe's been giving them night in, night out, I'm okay with the minutes and what he's doing with it, right? Because you need, in the spot where they pl- they're playing Monroe, you just need him to be a big body and rebound and clog the paint and be a presence in the middle. That's not really the style of play that Boucher is going to give the Raptors, right? If he's taking those Monroe minutes, it's a completely different look. He probably fits more as like the four, you know, playing alongside Serge or something like that, right? I don't know if Boucher's ready to be the lone big on the court in real NBA minutes. So I'm okay with that. Uh, Let's see, more comments here. Uh, Chris has always been one of my faves, even before the Raptors. He's adult player, wait and see. Yeah, I mean, you said it, wait and see. And I'm okay to wait and, again, trust what this Raptors organized. Look at their team right now, right? They developed all of these guys, right? Fred Van Fleet, undrafted. DeLon Wright, uh, DeLon Wright went where? Like 11th or something like that? Uh, OG, Norm, like all of these guys, Pascal, they're like so many guys on this Raptors team were not really like highly valued prospects coming in, but they, most of them we would agree have exceeded expectations, right? And that's all part of what the Raptors have done with their organization from 905 to where you see these guys being regular contributors night in, night out on the actual Raptors. So my advice to the Chris Boucher fans is, hey, it's good. Be happy he comes in and he's ready and he hits shots and he's not scared like Bruno was when Bruno checked in in garbage time, right? So I'm trusting in the, the these guys know what they're doing and also having him sit and watch Nothing wrong with that. Maybe that's more motivating for him to know, to get in the lab in the offseason and come back ready to go next year. Uh, let's see, more comments. Someone says, Monroe, Monroe going? Yeah, Monroe, I think, has played pretty well. I'm not mad at Monroe. Uh, someone says, is Boucher two years away from being two years away? I'm not even going to go to that because the whole Bruno Caboclo being two, like that, that draft, I will say, <laughs> That draft makes me laugh at how mad I was watching that draft when it was because I go back to that night and that was one of the first years in which Woj was breaking every single tri- every single draft pick before it happened on TV and then he didn't break the Raptors pick. So that was the first thing that was weird that kind of said, wait a second, what's going on here, right? And then he announces Bruno Caboclo. Nobody knows who he is. And then Fran Fraschilla goes out and says, the Raptors just got the Brazilian Kevin Durant, who is two years away from being two years away. (laughs) I still think that should be like a mockumentary movie on Bruno Caboclo, two years away from being two years away. But anyways, yeah. Don't want to put that uh, label on anyone else as being two years away from being two years away, right? More comments. Got to be happy for Powell. Dude deserves to be shining right now. Yeah, Norman Powell's played great. He really has. And to have him bounce back 
He signs a big contract, doesn't really have that good of a year last year, and everyone kind of gets worried. But we're getting glimpses of what Norman Powell has done years past and what led him to get his big contract, right? It's a reminder of the impact that Norman Powell had in the playoff runs the Raptors made. Because you got to remember, those prior seasons, the series against the Bucks, the series against the, the Pacers the year before that, Remember, Kyle and DeMar struggling. Norman Powell was giving them solid minutes off the bench, right? So if you're getting Norman Powell back to being a good contributor now with this team, with Kawhi, with a Danny Green, having Norman Powell on your bench, putting in work, that's just great. Absolutely great. Well, Raptors fans, let me know what you think. As I'm going through here, more comments. Uh, Lowry needs to be healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, totally. I mean... I just think that Kyle Lowry, that's he's so important to this team because he does so much for all the other players. And another point to back that up is we talk about we see the development in Surge and how much Surge has played great this season because Lowry's just setting him up and basically the game's made simple. Surge, knock down this mid-range jumper and be active in the paint and you will get busy. Watching Kyle do the same thing with Monroe as he was running that pick and roll at Monroe. We saw Monroe get like some and ones going to the cup. Like that's just amazing, right? Again, what what JV, what Surge, and what we're seeing a bit from Monroe here, it's system-based. They're good players, definitely. I'm not knocking them. I don't mean that as a knock. I'm just saying it's more of a tribute to the system and the playmaking ability of Kyle Lowry trusting that system and basically making the game easy. Because I don't think many people would have thought that that uh, rolling to the basket, uh, Greg Monroe, is something that is positive or something that you'd want to see a lot of. But when you see him do it in this game, ah, it makes sense. Looks easy, right? More comments. See a comment on Twitter. It says, give Boucher more minutes to find out if he's good against the Knicks, Hawks, Bulls, etc. Right? Maybe that's the answer there. I agree with that. Against those crappy teams, you know, Serge is another guy that he's played well throughout the year, but you're going to have to watch Serge's minutes. And so if Serge gets a night off, now you're talking, hey, now you might get, that's a game where you see what you got from, you know, what you got from a guy like Chris Boucher. And I think that's a good look. Totally agree with that. Uh, more comments. Hey, Shannon, what's up? Shannon... Oh, Shannon says she was at the game. It was sick. Yeah, it was a great game. Great game to be at. The crowd seemed seemed a little fired up for a Sunday afternoon tilt, so that's cool. What's up, Shannon? Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, more comments here on Instagram. They want too much, quote-unquote, speculated. OG Siakam and picks. Yeah, yeah, and that's rumors. Who knows if that's real? Not really sure. Uh, someone else in the chat says, we don't need Beal. Moving on. <laughs> Meanwhile, the comments right after, Lowry, Beal, Leonard, Siakam, Ibaka. Just imagine how scary that sounds. I mean, I agree with that. It's just, how much do you want, want to give up? It's, it's interesting. It's a nice, juicy rumor to talk about, to have something to discuss or to tease the fan base with from now in the trade deadline. Uh, following comment, no thanks, Beal. Interesting. Uh, someone else says, me too. They also agree. There's a lot of people, like when you see this team at full tilt, you kind of think, why would you want to mess with it? 
right? Like we've already talked about the chemistry issues that sometimes appear to pop up with Kawhi and Danny Green injecting into the team, right? And just in terms of, and chemistry, I don't mean like that in the locker room. I just mean offensive chemistry, right? Like ball movement and stuff like that. We've seen how difficult that's been. Do you want to really add another massive piece like that? I don't know. Again, nice clickbait on the internet. It's a nice thing to talk about. Uh, more comments. Uh, Boucher is nice. Yep, I guess so. People do. People are all over Chris Boucher. Boucher has a lot of fans in, in Raptors Nation, and maybe it's a Canadian angle, right? I mean, cool. I'm for Canadians on the Raptors. I think that's a good look. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Boucher's also killing the G League. Totally true. If you go back, there's a history of these Raptors killing the G League, right? Pascal, right? Norm. Fred Van Fleet. We've seen it. Again, trust in it. Trust in it. Let's see. Here's a good comment. How do you feel about Nick Nurse's timeouts? It appears that he lets a game slip a little too long before he tries to pull the plug on the opposing team's momentum, putting us in a hole. I'm going to disagree with this point. I think Nick Nurse... Nick Nurse... I'm going to liken this to him using like a baseball manager's bullpen, right? Nick Nurse, I think, pitched... He used his bullpen great last night in the game against uh, the Bucks, in which he knew he was giving his starters a lot of minutes, and he just rode the starters in the third quarter, let them stay out a little longer, and when the, the Bucks made that run, you might have wanted to call a timeout a little earlier, but he knew... He's going to need his starters again for the end of the game. So he bought himself a couple extra minutes. And they weathered the storm. They, they ran a couple plays. Serge got a couple buckets. Danny Green hit a three. You know, and they, they, the bench weathered the storm to allow Kawhi and Kyle, or not Kyle, sorry, Kawhi and uh, Pascal to come back in the game and close it out. In tonight's game, I think Nick Nurse did a really good job in the sense that the Raptors were up at the half, right? Raptors played really well. And third quarter starts, Indiana comes out on like a 5-0 run. Nick Nurse right away calls a timeout. You rarely see that. That's like a Coach Popovich thing that you might see in the NBA, right? But Indiana came out, start the second half, and the Raptors, they didn't have, they came out kind of slow. And then what happens? Calls timeout. They come back out, run a set. And then, boom, Raptors just start on the run of their own. And ever since that timeout by Nick Nurse early in the third quarter, the Raptors were just in the lead, and they never looked back. So I think Nick Nurse does a pretty good job with his timeouts. And I know that sometimes it looks like um, the bench might be struggling or the offense is lagging a bit, and you want him to pull the trigger. But know that sometimes he's not calling a timeout because the TV timeout's coming up, right? So you're just trying to get to that TV timeout instead of using one of your own timeouts which become super valuable at the end of games so i'm not going to knock nick nurse i think he's doing a great job this year in how he's using his rotation that has been changing more and more again the raptors near the top of the league in terms of different starting lineups they've used this year but also forget about starting lineups just your bench rotation has been different for so much of the season 
I think he's done a great job. Not going to knock Nick Nurse there. And again, I think they've done such a good job with the ball movement. You talked about um, just seeing Danny Green knock down so many shots. Danny Green, again, after that, that terrible game that the team had, but also Danny Green himself had in San Antonio, he was super hard of himself, on himself. And he's come out since... And what? I think Josh Lundberg had the numbers here. He's 10 for 15 from the field and 7 of 10 from 3. Like, the Raptors and and what Nick Nurse has done specifically and how he's using Kawhi and Danny Green and Kyle, like, those are vets, right? And you're almost trusting your vets. You can, like, you know, work with Norm, work with the Young Bucks, work with Siakam, even, but even with Siakam the free reign that he's given Siakam and allows him to make mistakes. I don't think we would have seen that with an old school coach or with Casey, right? Because sometimes, I mean, I'm watching Siakam and as great as Siakam's playing, and again, Siakam is playing great. There are moments where you see that he's out of control and he, he probably, he makes just a horrible turnover where you could see Casey or maybe another old school coach would call a timeout and take him out of the game. But Nick Nurse is letting Siakam roll. Right? It's just a different approach. And for now, it's working. And you got to coach to what your players are. Right? And we've heard from Kawhi himself. Kawhi appreciates Nick Nurse. Right? Nick Nurse lets them do their thing. And that, especially if you're Kawhi coming from Coach Pop, where Coach Pop does do the thing I'm talking about, where you messed up that play and he's calling timeout and he's going to yell at you in front of everybody. It's refreshing. So shouts to Nick Nurse. Not going to knock Nick Nurse. Uh, in your opinion, votes aside, is Siakam all-star caliber? Yes, I do think that Siakam has a very good chance of making the all-star game. It'll come down to how far ahead the Raptors are at the all-star break. For them, because for you to get three all-stars in, like Kawhi's going to get voted in. But for you to get two subs selected in, I think you really got to be create a little bit of a gap between yourself and the Bucks. But the one thing that does help you is that the Bucks are only going to have one all-star, right? Like, I don't think the Bucks have a second all-star on their team. I don't think Middleton's numbers or Middleton's impact is as great as Kyle Lowry's impact, right? But still, the gap needs to be big enough for you to have three all-stars and for the Bucks to have one. Uh, yep, someone else remembers as well they're saying nick nurse did call a huge timeout at the beginning of the third another comment nick nurse makes adjustments unlike casey <laughs> um another comment tibbs is a free agent just saying man got fired by the wolves today yeah the t wolves are a gong show wow a complete gong show um let's see another comment here i think beal would be a good contingency plan Oh, for the injuries. Yeah, that makes sense. If not, Olenek is on the block with Ellington. What do you guys think? I could see the Raptors making like a smaller tiered move. And Mike and I talked about that a bit on yesterday's podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, it might not be a big time move that the Raptors make. It just could be, you know, something where you're adding depth to your bench. Maybe, you know, like a consist a vet to come into your bench that gives you consistent three-point shooting. I could see something like that. I just don't know if Masai's at a point where you want to, like, we know how high he is on OG and Anobi, and I don't know if he's going to give that up, especially with the uncertainty of what the team could look like next year. 
right? Like, if there's no Kawhi Leonard next year, OG's probably going to start, no? So that's always in the back of your mind because as a GM or as a president, as Masai is, your job is to not only deal with the now, but also have an eye to the future as well. So if you're giving up OG, you're going to need, you're going to need, need that to be an all-star. But I don't know. We'll see. Either way, great game for the Toronto Raptors. Again, a big win. And I think the, the, the way that this Raptors team is playing you know, the way that they've handled this stretch of the schedule, which has been a very difficult part of the schedule. You're talking about West Coast trips. You're talking about tough back-to-backs. Like, to win against two teams that were on five-plus win streaks and to beat them both on the back-to-backs, the Bucks and Pacers. And don't forget, the Jazz are a pretty good team. Yeah, you had the letdown against the Spurs, but that's okay. That's going to happen every once in a while, right? You're not going to win all the games. But either way... Big time game for the Raptors in a game where I think too that maybe the Pacers wanted some revenge. We know that the Pacers were upset over the last game they played in Toronto where they kind of got robbed, right? There was a no call. OG fouled uh, Bogdanovich at the end. There was no call. The NBA acknowledged that. But you know the Pacers come, come, they came in wanting to win this game, get some measure of revenge in a game where like you're talking about seeding in the East. So big boy win for the Raptors. And the next thing that I'm looking forward to is can Kyle and Kawhi play in the same game? <laughs> That's all I want to see. That's the next thing that we're looking for Raptors fans. And I'm going to bring up the schedule just to see what the upcoming schedule is for the Raps. I know they play, I want to say Tuesday and Friday, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, let's get the full schedule up because I'm pretty sure the schedule eases up for a little bit here. And that might be a thing as you ease Kyle Lowry back into the lineup. Because again, you're 30 and 12. You're leading the East. It's things are good. Overall, things are all right. And again, the schedule here, you got Tuesday against Atlanta, Friday against Brooklyn, Sunday against the Washington Wizards, and then next Wednesday, the 16th, in Boston. Right? So that's three games. You know, the, the Brooklyn game, there should be some revenge on the Raptors' mind after last time they played the Nets. They blew that game, if we remember correctly, in overtime. I'm pretty sure they lost in overtime to the Nets. Um, so, interesting week of games coming up for the Raptors. The Hawks, Nets, and then the Wizards. Hopefully, you, you would anticipate, you would hope the Raptors win all of those three games. You would hope that you finally get to see Kawhi and Kyle on the floor at the same time. So, that'll be interesting. But also, if we look ahead to two weeks from now, right? So you have the Boston game, which is the 16th in Boston. Then the following night, a back-to-back at home against the Suns. That is where we'll see what the back-to-back plan is going forward. So yeah, hit me up in the comments, people. Let me know what you think of just this game, but also the run the Raptors have been on. Kyle Lowry's return to the lineup. Uh, Kawhi resting on back-to-backs. Norman Powell's emergence. Just a lot going on in Raptor land, people. A lot to be happy about as a Raptors fan. So it'll be, it's a great run. It's a great run, and I'm happy to be here with you guys talking about the Toronto Raptors, the best team in the NBA. I mean, again, we can't leave out what the Raptors have been doing without one of Kyle Lowry or Kawhi Leonard. 
right? Like, I think people were kind of overlooking that fact, right? Like, yes, the Raptors lost to the Spurs, but you're playing without your second best player and starting all-star point guard. I think we got to remember that. The Raptors laying the smackdown on the Pacers without Kawhi Leonard. That's a thing. The Raptors going into Milwaukee and winning a massive game without Kyle Lowry. That's the thing. Again, the most important facet of this season is making sure everyone is healthy for the playoffs. So while there's part of me, the fan in me, that's like, I just want to see Kawhi and Kyle play together. I'd much rather see Kyle and Kawhi play together in the playoffs. <laughs> and that's the message that I'll end this podcast on. Again, huge shout out to Skip and the guys at Clean Cuts for sponsoring this podcast. Again, hit them up at Clean Cuts Toronto on Instagram or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment at Clean Cuts Barbershop. Shout out to them to, for sponsoring this podcast. And, you know, we're going to keep this going. Again, Toronto Raptors on a great run. They beat the Pacers 121-105. Big boy game from Norman Powell with 23 points. Eight Raptors in double figures. Raptors with 30 assists in this game. Raptors hit 17 threes and shoot 51% from three-point land in this game. Great game for the Toronto Raptors. And hopefully you guys thought this was a great podcast as well. Thanks to the people joining in, as always, on Twitter, where you can find this podcast after each and every Toronto Raptors game live at Shell Alexander. We also take your comments on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And as always, if you miss it, got you covered. Podcast edition ends up on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. Shout out to the, the podcast boys, the podcast boys and girls, the community. Shout out to you guys that listen and download every day. Um, just search if you want to be one of those people because you might miss the game live. You might miss the, the post-game show live. It's okay. We're back for your commutes, back to work now that the holiday season's over. You can listen to the morning on the subway. Or listen while you're on the treadmill, right? Just search On Blast Podcast. And a huge shout out to the YouTube community, the people that be watching us while they're at work the next day. Shout out to you guys. Or the late night people. You come home late from work and you want to get caught up on what's going on. Shout out to you as well. YouTube peeps, that, again, if Raptors fans that listen to this podcast, you want more conversation, you want more, like, interaction with other Raptors fans enjoying the season as much as you, head to YouTube. Like and subscribe there, right? Like and subscribe. But on YouTube, the comment section there is so lit. It's so good. A lot of passionate Raptors fans. So definitely shout out to you guys because... I, I really, every podcast, need to shout out you guys because you guys are what makes this thing move, makes this whole operation going. And so I'm just happy to be able to continue and provide all of this moving forward. So again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.